0: This podcast contains explicit content and is not suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised.
1: This is me. My name does not matter. As you can hear my accent, I'm a Persian girl. It is... It is September 21st. It's nine fifty. It's nine fifty p.m. and I was hanging out with my mom. And I came in my room, and I'm cut out from everything. About this. I can barely text my friends. I have absolutely no internet connection. I don't know where my friends are. They haven't answered my texts. <laughs> I don't know where my family is. And after, after talking to one of my friends out of a lot, they said that everyone are being killed. And I don't want to be here in my room. I feel like I'm trapped in a small case and there's nothing I can do because I don't have a voice. This has happened before. After opening my phone, I just hear that a lot of people are getting killed on the streets. They're killed on the streets. They're getting beaten to death. I just want you to know. I just want everyone to know. I have have my human rights. I just want them. I don't want anything more. If you don't stand with me, I am going to lose faith in everyone.
0: This is always The Last to Know, and today we're going to be discussing what is happening in Iran.
2: That's Ashley... I'm Katie, and we're just going to get right into it. 22-year-old Zina Massa Amani's death has sparked protests in Iran after she was beaten by what's known as Iran's modesty police for not following their hijab law. First, I want to point out that in typical this podcast fashion, I'm not super educated about the history of Iran, and part of me wanted to wait to talk about this until I was... Because I should really know what I'm talking about in the grander scope of things outside of this instance and the laws that brought it on and everything that happened. But what's happening right now is really important. And if I waited um, until I was fully, fully educated, it would be too late to get all of this out. Already, before starting these notes, Iranian women have been expressing the need for help and explaining the fear of their internet being shut off. As of writing the notes, they have restricted access to social media. At the end of the second day of writing these notes, The Guardian, the afternoon of Thursday, the 22nd, reports that internet has been shut off in certain areas of Tehran. This is an ongoing thing, we are recording this on Saturday, the 24th. So we are going to do what we can to keep this as up to date as possible. Um, we're listed as a comedy podcast. This is not going to be a comedy episode. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. One thing I forgot to include up top is that in America and a lot of other parts of the world, we are only seeing the name Masah Amini. She's a Kurdish woman. So they are not using her first Kurdish name, Zina, C-H-I-N-A. I tried to do as much research into that as I could to figure out all of that, but apparently I could do a whole episode itself on that alone. So it felt important to use her full name. I did what I could to go in and fix all of my notes so that it says Zina Masa Amini, but... Just a heads up that's something that I've been seeing and as I stated I'm not fully educated on all of that and as soon as I have an update, we can put that in. Um, but that was like a big that's a big source of something that I'm seeing going on right now in social media is people talking about the name that people are using to refer to her by and the history between her home area of Kurdistan and Iran and that's I, I had no idea. I'm incredibly uneducated. And all of this was a learning experience. In order to understand what's happening, we need to do a dive into a small portion of the history and discuss the laws that Masah Amini was beaten for allegedly breaking, a beating that ultimately led to her death. In Iran's 1906 constitution, it promised equal rights before the law for all Iranians but it didn't say anything specifically about women. It just said for all. Veiling, the wearing of the hijab, had been abolished, like forced veiling, had been abolished in Kashfi hijab of 1936, and for a period of five years, veiling had been banned. From 1941 onward, Under Mohammed Reza Pahlavi, women had been free to dress as they wished. This is a quote. Under his regime, the Shador was considered a badge of backwardsness and an indicator of being a member of the lower class. Veiled women were assumed to be from conservative religious families with limited education, while unveiled women were assumed to be from the educated and professional upper or middle class. My next note is this feels like a judgment that neither Ashley or I are trying to make. We're just reading what we find. And both of us believe that the beauty of true feminism is that you can do whatever you want, should it be veiling or not. And none of us should be passing judgment on what other women do.
0: 100%.
2: That was like a a comment of judgment. And I just – that's not one that we are making. Just trying to kind of highlight the difference – and what was happening, you know, in the 1970s and what's going on now. It was between 1967 and 1975 that women gained new rights, including the right to vote, to initiate divorce, run for office, inherit property, and the legal age of marriage was also changed to 18.
0: Do you know what it was prior?
2: I don't. I know what it is now, though. And we'll okay. get to it. So all of this happened during the time that Iran was ruled under what's known as a constitutional monarchy. As some of us know, a monarchy is a form of government in which a person, the monarch, is the head of state for life or until abdication and monarchies are this is wikipedia <laughs> monarchies are the most common were the most common form of government until the 20th century by which time republics had replaced many of them today 43 sovereign nations in the world have a monarch which i i didn't know that in 1978 ish what's known as the Iranian Revolution also known as the Islamic Revolution transformed Iran from an absolute monarchy under Shah Mohammad Reza Pahlavi to an Islamic Republic under Ayatollah Ruhollah Kamani, who were the leaders of the revolution and founder of the Islamic Republic. Looking back, you can say that this began in 1978 with the first major demonstrations but it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint exactly when it started, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it concluded with the approval of the new constitution that made Ayatollah Khamenei the supreme leader of the country in December of nineteen seventy nine. 1979.
0: And what is their definition of what a supreme leader is? I'm not exactly sure
2: because Iran has a president. Okay. So I don't know. Hold on. I'm just looking it up right now. It's a very fluid episode. That's for sure. Yes. The president carries out the decrees and answers to the supreme leader who functions as the country's head of state.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. So in that sense, their president is more like a prime minister would be when a country also does have a president.
2: Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of what it seems. Okay. Um, Good. Good question. I should have looked that up. The Islamic Revolution's new constitution said that women were protected equally, but a quote from author Andrew Hanna in their 2020 report for the Iranian Prime on the Iranian Primer for the United States Institute of Peace says. the Islamic Republic annulled many of the monarchy's reforms. Although it did not revoke the right to vote or run for office, it adopted a civil code based on conservative Islamic or Sharia law, dropped the age of marriage to 13, oh. and eliminated a woman's right to divorce her husband.
0: Oh, that's, that is not okay.
2: Yeah. The Islamic Republic imposed new restrictions on women's dress, child custody, inheritance, and foreign travel. I would also like to note that originally the age of marriage was initially dropped to nine. But in 2002, Parliament raised it to 13.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my,
2: oh my god. Yeah, Gabe's nine. And that wasn't changed until 2002, dude. Until we were just above the age of nine. So I pulled these next few things right from one of our sources. So I'm just going to I just want to kind of read their summary of some of the other things aside from dress, the dress code that has been enforced. A woman could only get a divorce in a court with a judge's order, while a man could get a divorce by declaring it verbally.
0: Uh, what?
2: Yeah, just declaring it verbally. In 2002, the Parliament amended the law to allow a woman to divorce her husband if he were imprisoned, mentally ill, physically abusive, or an addict.
0: Okay. I'm sure it's real hard to prove it, though.
2: Yeah. However, a divorced woman forfeited child custody if she remarries, even if her husband died.
0: What? Okay, so if the first husband dies... And she has to forfeit her custody. Where is the child going?
2: That could be its own episode. What? Nationality. For 40 years, women could not pass their nationality to foreign-born spouses or their children.
0: What does that mean exactly?
2: If you are out of country and your kid is born, Uh they're not. And you're a woman, they're not from Iran unless your husband is also.
0: Okay, okay. Now I get it.
2: All right. Wow. Wow. In 2019, Parliament passed a law allowing women married to foreign men to request Iranian citizenship for their children under 18. So if you married someone outside of Iran, your kids are not citizens of Iran.
0: And they're not allowed to request citizenship?
2: Now in 2019, the wife can request citizenship now in in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow that again could be its own episode so where what yeah okay traveling a married woman could not obtain a passport or travel outside of iran without her husband's written permission a husband could choose where the couple lives and prevent his wife from taking certain jobs that he deemed against family
0: values okay so basically just controlling every facet of her life
2: yeah inheritance a widow only inherits one eighth of her husband's estate but a widower inherits his wife's entire estate come on a son inherits twice as much as a daughter and in 2009 parliament voted to let women inherit actual land so now on to the main focus of this episode is the dress code all females are required to cover their hair and dress modestly from the age of puberty. The law vaguely defined what constitutes acts against morality, and authorities have long prosecuted hundreds of people for such acts, as well as consensual extramarital sex. Article 638 of the Islamic Penal Code. Anyone in public places and roads who openly commits a haram, a sinful act, in addition to the punishment provided for the act, shall be sentenced to two months of imprisonment or up to 74 lashes.
0: I'm sorry. Like with a whip?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I kind of yeah. wish people could see my face right
2: now. Yeah. And if they commit an act that is not punishable but violates public prudency, they shall only be sentenced to 10 days to two months imprisonment or up to 74 lashes.
0: So if your hair shows, you can go to jail for that amount of time or you're getting whipped.
2: Or you can be whipped, yes. Uh, women who appear in public places and roads without wearing an Islamic hijab veil shall be sentenced to ten days to two months imprisonment or a fine of fifty thousand or yeah fifty thousand to five hundred reals. Wow, <laughs> I'm I'm just like speechless. I know mandatory veil wearing was born out of the desire to establish an anti-Western societal order in Iran.
0: Of course.
2: Iranian women defying the rule were subsequently branded as Western whores, writes Hamdaya Segdi. Efforts to promote and enforce this ideal of proper Iranian woman were designed to establish it as a societal norm. Quote, Properly dressed women, a norm established by the regime, became the bearers of Iranian re- religious life, the state and society at large, says a researcher, who it's quoted in a, one of the sources. I'm going to be honest, this is really hard to read. It was really hard to research, but this is my first time having to like read all of this stuff out loud, like say yeah. all of this stuff, and um, it's a lot. A French news site, The Observer's... In 2017 says the Gasht e Urshad, the guidance patrol, is Iran's morality police. Part of the regular police force. It's both male and female officers. I'm sorry, listeners. I have both of my dogs in the room. There's a lot going on. There's nowhere else for me to record right now. So I'm so I'm really sorry about the dogs barking. The Observers, a French news site in 2017, says the Gasht e irshad the guidance patrol, is Iran's morality police. It's a part of the regular police force, and it includes both male and female officers who are charged with enforcing Islamic code in Iranian society and have the power to arrest people that they think are violating them. While the total number of its officers is unknown, a spokesman said that the force made 207,000 arrests between March 2013 and March 2014. Oh my God. And notified a total of 2 million women that their hijab was not correct. So that was it. written in 2017. Something that we need to consider is that the second that this constitution was signed... Immediately, everyone was expected to change their clothes. Yeah. And the way that they dress.
0: There was no, like, transition time.
2: It was just immediate. There's no transition time. So just right away. So men have to wear long pants and shirts without collars. Uh, They took away ties. They took away wide-brimmed hats. What's up with the collars? Couldn't tell you. It's Western. Oh, Okay. And it's really surreal for me to imagine, like, overnight that that changed click into that change. This signing happened um, really close to uh, March 8th, International Women's Day, which there was already a march planned for International Women's Day. And it turned into a In protest. Yenong? Yes. Okay. That turned into massive protests that lasted for days. Like hundreds, I think it said 100,000 women met in Tehran to protest these new laws for what was supposed to be a celebration, women's independence. Wow. Yeah. Since the beginning of this, large amounts of women have protested these laws in a variety of ways and have received a variety of punishments. So I have a few different instances. The struggle against compulsory headscarves first made headlines in December 2017, when a woman climbed atop a utility box in Tehran's Revolution Street, waving her hijab on a stick. More than three dozen protesters have been detained since, including nine who are currently in detention, says an Iranian activist who now lives in New York. In February of 2018, the Al Jazeera says Iran has cracked down on women violating the headscarf degree, arresting at least 29 individuals, according to the media, and drawing criticism from activism and rights groups. They were arrested for, quote unquote, disturbing public security, which I just found, thought that that was kind of interesting.
0: That was a, let's throw something at them and
2: see if we can make it stick. See what else we can make stick. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a segment from the Jerusalem Post in 2019. Oh, God, this one. Three women were convicted of charges stemming from a video taken on International Women's Day that was widely shared on social media, showing them without headscarves. They were held in Iranian custody since April. This was written in fall. For disrespecting the compulsory hijab, and have been sentenced by the Iran, the Iranian Revolutionary Court to prison for disobeying the country's Islamic dress code. Monira Arab Shahi, Yasmin Irani, and Mojgan Keshavarz were each given five years on charges of assembly and collusion to act against national security, one year for circulating propaganda against the regime, ten years for encouraging and preparing the grounds for corruption and prostitution. What? In addition, Keshavraz received another seven and a half years for insulting the sanctities. Of what? Of... God, a total of 55 years and six months. In addition to that horrible amount of time, the monitor claimed that when Judge Mohammed Mokissa initially presented the charges, he stated to the women, I will make you all suffer.
0: Oh my God.
2: Karchak, the prison where they're all currently being held, is known to be one of the country's more menacing prisons due to the in- inhumane medical and psychological conditions.
1: Oh.
2: For a video of them without a headscarf on. Going viral. But think about that with all of the videos that like we're seeing right now. Of what women are doing in the streets. Like, I'm i well, will get
0: to if that. you um, okay. I was gonna say if you haven't seen on TikTok, but we'll get to that.
2: Yeah. So there's more anecdotal evidence that you can kind of look around. An Associated Press reporter spotted about two dozen women in the streets without a hijab over the course of nine days, mainly in well-to-do areas of Tehran. Many other women, while stopping short of outright defiance, opt for loosely draped, colorful scarves that quote show as much hair as they cover. Even in Tehran's Grand Bazaar, frequented by many traditional women, most female shoppers wore casual hijabs. Now is where 22-year-old Kurdish woman Zina Masa Amani comes into the picture. She was visiting family in Tehran when she was arrested by the Gasht e irshad which have been referred to by the modesty police by a lot of people for improper hijab. From BBC... This is the article that you had sent me, and um, I literally have, like, so much of his interview from that in my notes, so that's why I was like, oh, yeah, you're about to hear all of that again. Mr. Amini said that his son, the brother, 17-year-old Karash, who was there when she was detained, was told that she had been beaten. Quote, my son was with her. Some witnesses told my son that she was beaten in the van and in the police station, my son begged them not to take her, but he was beaten too. His clothes were ripped off.
0: Oh my god.
2: I asked them to show me the body camera of the security officers. They told me the cameras were out of batter.
0: <laughs> of course.
2: Iranian authorities have said that Ms. Amini had been wearing immodest clothes at the time of her arrest. Her father, however, said that she always wore long overcoat. He also said that he was repeatedly prevented by medical staff from seeing his daughter's body after her death. I wanted to see my daughter, but they wouldn't let me in, he said. He said that when he asked to see autopsy reports, he was told by the doctor, I will write whatever I want and it has nothing to do with you. (gasps) He said no information about the autopsy has been released to the family, and he only saw his daughter's body after it had been wrapped for the burial when just her feet and face were visible but there were bruises on her feet. Oh my God. Mr. Amani said the authorities promised to look into the cause of the injuries, but that he didn't hear back from them. They ignored me and they are now lying. In an earlier statement, Mehdi Farouesh, director general of forensic medicine of Tehran province said, no signs of injuries to the head and face, no bruises around the eyes or fractures at the base of Misa Amini's skull have been observed authorities also said that there are no signs of eternal injuries oh. so the authorities are saying that she died of a heart attack brought on by health problems and her father she's criticizes 22. those claims she's 22 the director general of forensic medicine said that miss amini had had brain surgery at the age of eight like she was so sick she had brain surgery what her, her father said no they're lying She has not been to any hospital at all in the past 22 years, other than a few cold-related sicknesses. She never had any medical conditions, and she never had surgery. What the fuck? bro? they're just outright lying. Yeah, outright lying. makes me enraged. Yeah, they've released, like, edited footage.
0: Mm, Of course. Of
2: her collapsing inside the police station, with nothing of what led up to that. Protests have spread to over 20 major cities in Iran. Almost immediately, they broke out at Amini's funeral in her hometown in Sakez in Iran's Kurdistan province, only to spread like wildfire. Each day, TikTok, Instagram, social media, the news now, we're seeing just image after image of Iranian women facing off with police and security forces with their head free of any covering. A majority of these women, not a majority, but a lot of these women were born after 1979, who have only known life with this law, are in the streets burning their jobs. We just heard about three women in jail for 55 years for a video of them going around what we're seeing are like acts of bravery that like we
0: i could never comprehend it we can't even begin to watching them cut their hair watching them get help from men in the crowd i was just about to say
2: there's a video of a man a man touching a woman's hair and cutting it
0: and everyone cheering around them in a sea of people
2: the bravery is
0: it's astounding
2: it really is On Friday, one week after her death, parts of Tehran have become full protest zones. And the response to that has been taking the internet only for it to be restored, for people to be blocked from social media and all of these sources, and then for it to be again taken away. Information from Iran is extremely limited right now because of these restrictions that they have placed on their citizens. These are quotes from the Washington Post. Demonstrators, many of them women, are burning their hijabs and fighting back against the police. They're tearing down posters and setting fires to billboards of the Supreme Leader. Increasingly, protesters are paying with their lives. At least 30 people have been killed, according to rights groups and news reports, while hundreds have been injured. The government has disrupted cellular service across the country and has imposed significant internet outages in some regions, including the Kurdish West, where the protests began and where rights groups say the crackdown has been the most brutal. Verified videos, verified by the Washington Post, show security forces opening fire on protesters and a further escalation could be coming, which... Ashley sent one today of them just breaking in the windows and going into people's houses. The
0: video is of people running from them. They have a little bit of a head start, but they ran into what looks like a small apartment building and it looks like there are garage doors on the bottom floor. They run in, door closes behind them. I have to imagine they probably got a little further into the building and then you just see one and then two of these morality police on motorcycles come right up to the front of the building and somebody else is filming from across the street in their apartment mm-hmm. and then i think by the end of the video there's like six or seven of them and they literally just take their uh what do they call the clubs um the batons the batons and just start breaking in the windows of like those garage doors even though there's like a door that they can literally go through right there yep they just started destroying property like they don't give a fuck at all they don't give a
2: fuck it's terrifying iran's yeah iran's military warned friday that it would intervene if demonstrations continued
0: you're the problem
2: you're the problem they're literally Killing these citizens to prove that they didn't kill a citizen this yeah Jesus. this twenty two year old like, woman it sense. um like right before her birthday, by the way. the interview that you sent me, which was three days ago now, said she would have been twenty three yesterday, yeah <sighs> Fuck. a graphic series of videos posted Tuesday from Karman, a city in Iran's southeast showed a crowd of protesters carrying a woman's limp body and laying her on the ground. She's wearing jeans and a checkered shirt. What should we do? A woman asks as demonstrators get on their knees to try and save her. One gently cradles her head while in the background voices repeat the same phrase. They killed her. They killed her. As we all, as people move forward, the voices of Iranian citizens are going to continue to be silenced potentially permanently. For 30 people, it already has been permanently. So it's important that we are talking about it, that we are uplifting any voices. And for the love of God, save everything to your phone. I've been reposting a lot of stuff on TikTok, but-
0: I save every video I can.
2: If their video gets taken down, which it will, either repost- doesn't keep going, but if you do edit, you have it. If you save it, like those are the ways to uplift that. And I will also be linking a TikTok where a creator straight up just asked, "What actionable items can we do?" And Iranian woman responded, and there's there's a full list of things that we can do. So we will be sharing that at the top of the sources, and that is today's episode.
0: I know it's very heavy but this is people's lives. And this is honestly the reality in not just Iran, but so many across the world. And there are also countries like ours who are allowing us to go down a similar path. And to be honest with you, I don't want that for my future. I don't want that for my children's future if I so decide to have them. If this was not our reality, and I think we all need to start paying a lot more attention to crimes against humanity like this and doing what we can to speak out and change laws and have a strong, positive influence over the entire world because we are a major global community. There's a big trend of America first right now. And I'm sorry, but we are all connected on this one planet that is just floating in space. And we need to work together to make sure that humanity as a whole is one that we can all survive and thrive in.
2: Absolutely. And to your point, the history of, you know, how this happened in Iran, it didn't necessarily happen slowly. There were signs, of course but that revolution immediately just undid all of the rights that women had got. Yeah. And it's time it's time that we stop just looking at America first like you said. Like that's yeah. Yep, you said it perfectly. <laughs> Until next week. Bye. Bye. I almost forgot to say bye. <laughs> Me too. For any photos related to today's episode, please go to our Instagram.
0: You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at al the number two K podcast.
2: Like us on Facebook at always the last to know podcast.
0: If you have any questions, please email us at al2 the number two K podcast at gmail.com.
2: Please share, rate, and review us on your podcast listening app of choice.
0: Join our Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash al the number two K podcast or click the link in our bio on social media. Thanks for listening.